you are listening to Pharmacy IT and Me, your informatics pharmacist podcast. Today is Friday, April 12, 2019, and welcome to another episode of Last Week in Health IT. And as with every episode, we start off this one stating that the intent audience for this episode is everybody. Hope you guys are doing well, and uh, we actually had quite a number of articles this week that happened in health IT, so let's just get right into it. So the first piece of news items is uh, healthcare organizations are boosting spending on predictive analytics as they start to prove a lot of their worth. So I guess one of the things is what is predictive analytics? So predictive analytics is a branch of advanced analytics analytics and it's used to make predictions about the unknown future events and predictive analytics they use a lot of things like data mining statistics modeling machine learning and artificial intelligence which includes machine learning um, they use it to analyze current data to make predictions about the future and then it uses a number of predictive modeling and analytic techniques to kind of bring together the management and the information technology and modeling pro- business process to make predictions about the so this is a pretty significant thing there's a uh, u- the use of predictive analytics among payers and providers has seen about a 13 point increase from 47% to 2018 um, to 60% in 2019. And this is based on a new survey from the Society of Actuaries. It's kind of really great to see that predictive analytics is making a large wave. And it makes sense because the outcomes, the executives are finding that the outcomes are aligning with what uh, the goals are for the organizations they're part of. And with this increased funding, we're probably going to be seeing an evolution of predictive analytics and just going to be seeing a large improvement over Overall. All right, so the next news item isn't really a news item per se, but it's mostly about how Epic and Cerner are describing their interoperability features. So Epic, they're stating that it's supporting interoperability in four ways. So what they're saying is that there's a shared instance. And what that means is there's a community connect function. So it allows Epic to share its instance with other providers in the community. So the patient's record is on one shared database. So if there's other communities that are also using Epic, then it's all shared within uh, each other in that community. The other thing is weblink. So that's the second way that they're supporting interoperability. And this means community providers can access the chart through a portal and they can follow the patient's uh, care across the entire health system. So this includes scheduling appointments, includes placing orders, setting notes and referrals, things like that. The other part is pushing and pulling. So pushing and pulling interoperability is more of like a request for information instead of actually having the information readily available. So this is where... If a patient shows up at a health system that's using Epic, and then they want to be able to see where other places that this patient has gone to that has Epic, they have to send the request out. And then within maybe a few hours, a few days or so, they'll receive that information from those other organizations so that they can see those records. So that's kind of a push-pull interoperability. And then there's also direct messaging, which is a subset of push-and-pull interoperability. And this is where they can send standardized uh, clinical documentation architectures from one organization to another. So Cerner, though, they're a little bit more direct in the interoperability um, aspect because they've been working on it for years. One of the major things is being part of the Commonwealth Alliance, sorry, the Commonwealth Health Alliance. And Cerner has been contributing a lot to the developing standards so that, you know, everyone is in agreement to use a certain standard so that interoperability can happen. And Cerner's also been pretty actively involved, like what I said last week's uh, news, was that Cerner is adopting 
Fire Release 4 as a language, as a standard to expand their interoperability reaches. And with Fire, they're going to be using a more open API usage. So those are the several of the ways that Epic and Cerner are positioning themselves in terms of supporting interoperability. All right, so the next news item is about New Zealand. So New Zealand has been in the news for a lot of their advances in telemedicine and telehealth. So the new thing coming out of New Zealand is they're actually trying out a new thing called teledentistry, which is really interesting. It's using the Zoom video conferencing technology and they're using a very specialized intraoral camera that will allow dentists to look at the patient's teeth in a very detailed way. And they're basically doing examinations and consultations on children at remote locations. And this is like really, really cool because the dentists don't actually have to travel out there to those remote locations now. They can actually do this all through like Zoom conferencing. And it's really just like a first trial right now, but it looks like it's really promising. And what it's also kind of cool is that the children that are being seen, they're really interested in technology as well. So the fact that they're using the teledentistry is actually quite a good distraction for the children who's interested in that technology. So the children are, you know, wowed by this technology. So they're just like sitting still and they're finding that they're doing the examinations in a more efficient manner now too. So that's pretty cool. So the next news item, last week I talked a little bit about AI being used in radiology. So now the American College of Radiology, they're unveiling a free artificial intelligence software development platform. So that's really cool too, to go hand in hand with like the previous announcements of using AI more in the radiology and interventional radiology environment. So the company is called AI Lab and it's really cool because this company is um, allowing the radiologists at the local um, organizations or health systems to use their software and develop their own AI algorithms for their own facilities. And it uses their own data and you know it engineers everything behind their own institutional firewalls. So that's really cool too. It's an open vendor neutral framework. So it allows people to also learn about AI in the radiology environment, and then also contribute data sets, share algorithms and develop and evaluate different models. All right, so the next news item actually deals with cybersecurity. So we all know that healthcare environments, healthcare systems, hospitals, all of that is very prone to being a victim of cybersecurity threats. So what's been happening is that Microsoft, MasterCard, and Workday, they announced that they're going to be working together on a new initiative. It's called the Cybersecurity Talent Initiative. And the U.S. Department of Human Health Services and 10 other federal agencies are going to be participants. So what's really cool about this is that people who are in school right now, like undergraduates or graduates, they're going through a you know computer science degree or they're going through engineering or information systems. They're going to be basically qualified if they're chosen to be guaranteed for a two-year placement at a federal agency for these positions of info security. So it's trying to expand the awareness and expand the workforce in terms of preventing breaches in the future. So I think it's a really good initiative to kind of like combat that cybersecurity issue. So the next news item is back to artificial intelligence. So revenue cycle systems, they're going to be getting a new AI-driven revenue cycle management platform. So Visikit and Etienne Health are partnering up and they're developing a suite of different applications that are going to be using AI to help with revenue cycle management or RCM. In the revenue cycle side of things, there's a lot of complicated processes and decisions that need to be made. So using algorithms for AI and machine learning, it's going to be helping with improving the accuracy of operational decisions to reduce cost to collect through you know integration of complex data that revenue cycle members have to deal with every day. So the next news item, the headline is specialty specific EHR enables urgent care group to slash patient throughput time. So this is actually basically an article that states you got to use the right EHR for the right situation. And in Yucaipa, California, Dr. Brian Berry did a lot of research to find an EHR that would actually help for his own specific urgent care clinic. And 
he found that there was an EHR that was made and designed especially for urgent care clinics. And when they implemented, they actually were able to reduce their patient throughput time from two hours down to 35 to 45 minutes. And I guess the emphasis here is that you got to do your due diligence and make sure that what your organization or health system needs, you got to be looking at EHRs that support that or are aligned with those goals. So because Dr. Barry here, he was able to find an EHR that's designed specifically for the goals that matches what his urgent clinic uh, is actually trying to reach for, then they were able to go with that and find very rewarding results from it. So the next news item is pretty interesting. It's uh, the headline is the FBI and Department of Justice, they bust 24 people in a one $1.2 billion telemedicine fraud scheme. So from my understanding, it seems like there were call centers in the Philippines, uh, different areas of Philippines and Latin America that pretty much did an international telemarketing uh, scam. And they tried to target elderly and disabled patients and tried to upsell them on free or low cost durable medical equipment braces, reg- regardless of whether they needed it or not. And all the money that they were able to retrieve through this trickery, they were able to push those through shell corporations and then use them to purchase expensive things like, you know, automobiles, uh, yachts, and real estate in the U.S. and abroad as well. So, so yeah, they are being charged with running a complex multi-layered scheme to defraud the Medicare system and avoid detection by government regulators. So that is pretty insane to hear. All right, so the last news I might have is community health systems are now announcing that they are partnering with Apple Health records for an app on the iPhone that allows access to 100 CHS affiliated hospitals. So, I mean, it's not technically partnering. It's more of like they're allowing Apple the access to those records. And uh, this is actually a huge deal because Apple Health Records, Apple's been trying to get into the health industry for a long time now, you know, with the Apple Health app on your phone. You know, it's kind of like the consumer-focused personal health record. So this is a huge deal for them because now they have access to about 100 hospitals that are CHS affiliated. So anyone that's going to a CHS affiliated hospital, they're going to get interoperability with those records into the Apple Health uh, record system. And how they're doing this is they're using the HL7 Fire. So HL7 Fire for interoperability. And uh, you know, this is just one of the small steps that have been taken by Apple that's probably gonna evolve into larger and larger steps. And at one point, Apple's probably gonna be one of those companies where they're gonna have access to the entire health record of everywhere. But you know, it's still quite a ways from that and we don't really know how it's going, but we'll see what, what happens with community health systems and if Apple's gonna be getting more agreements of other places. So yeah, so before we go, if you'd like to hear more news on healthcare IT, you can check out great curated articles at healthcareitnews.com. That's actually where I go for daily healthcare IT news to keep myself updated on what's going on in that world. But if you guys like this podcast, you guys can subscribe and rate us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or any of your other favorite podcasting services. You can also follow us on social media on Twitter or Facebook at PharmacyITMe or our Instagram at PharmacyInformatics, or you can send me an email at Tony at PharmacyITMe.com. You can also visit our website, PharmacyITMe.com, for any podcast updates or occasional blog posts. And one more thing is I wanted to plug a great networking opportunity called Pharmacist Connect. If you are familiar with Slack workspaces, think of Pharmacist Connect as a large vetted one through Slack. And I've met some great colleagues on it, and there's even an informatics space on there too. You can find out more by visiting PharmacistConnect.com, which is P-H-A-R-M-A-C-I-S-T-S-C-O-N-N-E-C-T.com. Thank you again for listening, and I'll see you on the next episode of Pharmacy IT and Me. And remember, technology is a tool, patient care is the goal. Oh,